0: All right, so today I have Tom Weary on the line, and he's the Chief Investment Officer over at Riley Financial Advisors. Uh, Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much, Adam.
0: So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing as Chief Investment Officer over at Riley Financial Advisors. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business and in your career?
1: Oh, well, I have kind of a checkered past, um, Adam. I actually was a philosophy major as an undergraduate at Harvard, but when I got out of school in 1982, there weren't many jobs for philosophers, and I uh, wandered across the Charles River into Boston and actually started out as an actuary at John Hancock. Uh found that kind of boring, spent a few years in their international division, actually got a chance to live over in Hong Kong for part of that time. And then they brought me back to the mutual fund company, where I helped them acquire a mutual fund uh, that really took off. It went from about $50 million in assets to a billion and a half in nine months and had a very unique investment philosophy of we only bought stocks that raised the dividend every year for 10 years, so conservative, high-growth, high-quality kind of stocks. And I did that for a number of years before uh, being recruited by Farmers Insurance in the mid-'90s to come out and run their equity department, where we ran about $3 billion dollars and was having a lot of fun with that until Farmers itself was uh, acquired. Um, Spent a number of years building my own firm before coming back to the East Coast, where I was the the chief investment officer of the family office unit for Bryn Mawr Trust, Uh, so moving over onto the private wealth side. Uh, But I kind of missed Southern California, especially my wife missed Mm -hmm. the, the lovely weather. So I've come back here to the San Diego area and, again, working with clients here at Raleigh Financial. So I've been very fortunate enough to work in many segments of the business, uh, mutual funds, insurance company reserves, running pension money, and now on the private client side.
0: That's awesome. Um, I you know there's some younger. I, I love I love your past because you've been on both sides. So the retail to institutional to um, even acquisition, even the actuarial um, background, like the product development side. That's, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a, a different vantage than most in the industry, I would argue, um, hitting all those different angles. So that being said. Um, there's some, you know, some younger, maybe they're just graduating college or maybe they're a couple of years out of their career um, and they're thinking about going in, in that finance route. Um, could you talk mm-hmm. a little bit on the institutional side specifically? Because sometimes I have advisors on the show, but I, I haven't had too many institutional guys lately on, on what that's like and how to break through, that, if you don't mind. Well,
1: I think there, you know, you have to find the right opportunity, and it's really getting to be with uh, one of the larger shops where the institutional money uh, is run. The institutional business, of course, has become uh, pretty tough in recent years, much more quantitatively oriented. You know, when I first got into the business in the the late 80s, uh, it was the era of Peter Lynch and Stock Pickers and Mm -hmm. Jeff Binnick and all the the big names at uh, Fidelity. Now, of course, we see a lot of shift towards, a quantitative-oriented strategy. So probably a good, strong math background is very helpful on the institutional Mm -hmm. side. getting onto a platform where that money is being run as opposed to, I think, on the private client side, what we've seen is the rise of the importance of behavioral finance, the Mm -hmm. psychological aspects and, you know, getting to know yourself. Uh, and reaching back to my philosophical roots, you know, know thyself as the Oracle of Delphi would tell us, um, so that you can pick stocks better. But also know thy client and really know that we're all um, susceptible to certain psychological hang ups because we're we're humans. So I think if you're going on the private wealth side really
0: an understanding of, of psychology would be quite helpful. That's awesome. Um, let's switch it up a bit. Let's get into uh, what you're doing over at Riley Financial Advisors. So first, tell me a little bit more about the company, please.
1: Uh, well, we recently celebrated our 20th anniversary. The firm was Congratulations.
0: founded. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, the firm was founded by Don and Frank Riley, father and son, back in 1999. We're up to about a billion and a half. Uh, we're based here in the San Diego area, but really have clients globally, Uh, We run about a billion and a half for about a 1,000 clients. Um, Very traditional in the investment side. We only buy individual stocks and bonds for clients. Um, It's a smattering of EFs here and there, but uh, not mutual funds. Try to keep those expense ratios down. And, of course, given my background in in the blue chip area, it's a portfolio of of very high-quality names, relatively low turnover. We try to be tax-efficient. The firm itself uh, it has a, a financial planning orientation. There are a half a dozen wealth advisors that work closely with clients. Uh we have three dedicated cPAs, three dedicated financial planners um so really we we offer a, just a multitude of services, and I'm one part of the team uh, here on the investment side, and you know I try to hopefully just be in the background creating consistent returns, nothing spectacular, but, you know, helping clients achieve those long-term returns.
0: That's awesome. Um, So, Tom, I mean – any kind of trends that you're noticing? Because, I mean, so much has changed in the industry, and I don't mean financial trends. I mean specifically on the um, – kind of on the fintech side because you're obvi- you're managing portfolios, and I know you're not – when I say fintech, I know this isn't a high turnover portfolio, um, but just the amount of data that's available now and the analytics, I mean, things have changed a lot since you uh, entered the industry in, the, in those glorious years, I would argue, and the mutual fund heydays back then.
1: Well, you're – you're just overwhelmed by the amount of data that's available. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we we have a number of research services that we subscribe to and it's it's winnowing out what's important. Um what do you really need to focus on because you can get lost in the weeds. I mean, there are mm-hmm. there are people who can't see the forest or the trees and then there are the bark lickers. Um and you don't want to get a, a, be a bark licker and dig down too much and get lost in the details. So I think you have to maintain perspective. Um, When I look at uh, the market overall, I think there are really three pillars that support what's going on, Um, valuations, interest rates, and earnings. And clients worry a lot about what they see on CNBC. You know, there's a lot of scary headlines today. There's always a lot of scary headlines. And I think that's one advantage of having done this for decades is, you know, you've been through the big drawdowns, you've seen the headlines, and you've seen the market come back. Uh, And what I try to counsel clients is that if, if a headline isn't going to impact one of those three major pillars, then it's noise. It's not news. Um, and so we look around today and, and see, you know, valuations. The S&P is trading about 17 times forward earnings. That's right on its long-term average, so nothing to get excited about on the valuation front. Now, the second pillar of interest rates, you know, that's pretty friendly. They're very low by historical standards. Um, The Fed has shown a willingness to be accommodative if need be, uh, but they're watching the data closely. So you'd have to say that that pillar looks pretty good at this point as well. And then I think the surprise recently has probably been the earnings leg, where after a big bump in 2018, thanks to the the tax cut, people were expecting very difficult comps, uh, maybe an earnings recession, and this year would be tough, and it's it's turned out to be pretty good. I think we had about 4% growth in the first and second quarters for the S&P. And uh, so far, you know, the third quarter, we're just getting started. But what I'm seeing is a lot of companies beating expectations. Maybe those expectations have been lowered, but they're beating them and they're raising their guidance. So at this point, things look, you know, pretty good
0: from the market's point of view. Fantastic. Uh, So, Tom, if somebody is listening to this, and they want more information on Riley Financial Advisors or to reach out, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Probably go to our website, uh, rsawealth.com,
1: and there you'll see a description of, of the services that we offer, the history on the firm, and actually uh, I do a, a weekly video uh, log I just recorded this morning where we give highlights of, you know, what's been going on in the, in the market that week. And people can listen to a few of those, and if they don't fall asleep listening to me, then you know, ah. they'll learn a little bit about our
0: approach. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, well, hey, Tom, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing more about your background and uh, your all, all your experiences and also all the great work you're doing as a chief investment officer over at Riley Financial Advisors. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Tom, thank you again for coming on the show.